0: And welcome to Southern Fried Spooky, the podcast home of all things southern, Spooky, and today alternative. Today we're staying in Columbia and gonna have a chat with a longtime resident and owner of a sacred space and pagan shop called Belladonna's. They've just moved to a new location, though they've been here for 17-18 years. So welcome to Jen White, our local spiritual leader and shopkeep. I am Carolina Girl Heather. And I'm Florida Man Tony. As usual, please leave us some likes on our Facebook page and a five-star review on your podcast platforms. And thank you so much. And if you do, the delicious scent of your favorite incense
1: will waft on the breeze towards you. Uh, Does that mean that I could have, like, the uh, Rome burning Rome or whatever it is? (laughs) All right, so your favorite scent is from... Epcot, yes, it is. Rome Burns. Yes, it's, it's, either, a good one. it's either Rome Burns or the bromine from Pirates of the Caribbean. Which two is also of, a thing. Two of my favorite scents. Sorry, didn't mean to interrupt. Go ahead. Yeah.
0: Oh, you're fine. You're fine. Let's get back to Columbia, though. Now, I am a Columbia native, born and raised. And I'm not. No, I brought him here. I'm also a long-time pagan, Mm -hmm. and I love it when I can find a good new-agey pagan shop. Now, Charlotte, when I was there for school, had a pretty good one. Yeah. It didn't really manage to survive. They're just
1: not very common. Well, especially in the South. You don't see ones that last a long time. In no, the South. I mean, there's like two churches on every block, but pagan stuff's really hard to
0: find. Yep. Honestly, I, I've only seen like one Muslim mosque. Thank you. I couldn't think of the word in town and maybe two Jewish synagogues. So it's not exactly religious diversity out yeah. there. <laughs> I first discovered Belladonna's myself about 15 years ago, and the store at the time was small, but it was amazing. Yeah. It's been in three different locations and each time it just gets more stunning
1: and from what i understand bigger bigger much
0: much bigger it's huge now she has so much good stuff yeah usual books cards spiritual merchandise so she's got jewelry stones stones and crystals Incense of every imaginable kind Bags Statues Brooms Wands Journals Good luck charms Prayer flags Mandelas Dream catchers Wind chimes These all hang from the ceiling And she does take pieces of as consignment So there's a lot of Embroidery Or hand-stitched Sugar skull Face dolls Made by a friend of mine Yeah Who I hope to interview at some point Hint, hint, button Hiding in various nooks and artwork is for sale by other creators up on the walls. And once upon a time I had some of my jewelry and handwork in there. That's been a while, but this place is packed. There is not a bare inch to be found. Yeah. Now, one of my favorite things is... Now we're gonna... Okay, I'm gonna take another Disney reference. It is Disney level... Like, Disney Imagineer level decor. Yeah, oh absolutely. So not everything in there is for sale. Yeah. Sometimes things just come to her and um, they end up as decor there and they just kind Mm -hmm. of live in the shop in her altar she has a full altar going I love it in her last location I'll describe that for the moment there's a shelf that went all along the walls like up near the ceiling that was full of bottles and cool shapes and colors Mm -hmm. Madonna statues goddess statues paintings I mean again that whole list I said above all kinds of cool stuff. Oh yeah, and the scent of incense—you could smell it almost a block
1: away. Which is, and and no offense to pagans out there or any kind of you know practicing pagan, because I guess you could consider me pagan. You are because I'm a drastian, which yeah. is uh, we'll get into that later. You <laughs> understand what it is. I, I worship a Drastia, or Nemesis, whatever you want to call her. But anyway, one of my favorite things about pagan shops is the smell. They do have walk, a very distinct and, smell. and it's just it's a distinct smell of.
0: Books and incense. Books
1: and incense, exactly. And I love that smell.
0: And let's not forget, we're gonna. I hope we do get to meet her later Mm -hmm. on. Valkyrie, the shop cat.
1: Valkyrie, the shop cat. Such a sweetie.
0: I know. I mean, like every good witch shop needs a cat, and this one. I remember meeting her when she was little, and now she's this big old gray, fluffy, fat creature. (laughs) Yeah, she is a bottle. She is a big ball of protective floof. She is wonderful and I love everything about the atmosphere here. Now I'm describing this all in some detail because Jen is very particular and she always asks that no one take pictures, partly because Things are handmade there and artists don't really want... Artists and artisans don't want their ideas stolen, which I get. But she also feels like the whole point of her shop is that people should come and experience it, not just look at pictures. So I'm going to have to entice you with descriptions, which is why I'm telling you all of this. I got a picture of her doorknob on the outside because it's awesome. Yes. And I made... Post a picture of that. I'll have to ask her. But if not, it's really cool. Go and check it out. Her store hours at the moment are Tuesday through Friday, 10 to 530. She does all kinds of things there. Jen herself, she's an interesting person. She's not very tall. She's... She just looks like what you would expect the proprietress of a witchy pagan shop to look like.
1: Exactly.
0: Lots of jewelry, lots of pretty stones, loose and flowy clothing. She's kind of short, but she just has this magnificent presence. She is a native of New Orleans,
1: mm-hmm. Which,
0: Nolens. Mm-hmm. Which also kind of intrigues me. Which I love. And she has always greeted everyone enthusiastically and becomes friends with her regulars. She calls everyone sister, or I think she called you friend, mm-hmm. having just met you. Yeah. Um and she doesn't care what your affiliation is. She actually does as she tells in her interview. There's like a little Christian section there. So yeah. she's
1: open to everything. And and you at her shop actually found an Adrestia statue, which is really I mean a lot of people know it as justice. Yeah, you see it a lot in law stuff. You see a lot of law stuff, but a lot of people don't know that you know, Lady Justice is actually an image of Adrastia, how she was portrayed in Greek. You know, she held the scales with the sword. You don't see a lot of it with her wearing a blindfold. That's true. But that's where it comes from, and you actually found me a wonderful, wonderful statue of Belladonna's. Which I gave you for Yule last
0: year. You did, and I and love it. And the cool thing is, not only was did she have one, she had four for yep, me to choose from. Exactly. You can't say that about a lot. No? Now, the South has this reputation, I say shockingly, of being very conservative, which it is. Oh no,
1: I'm so shocked.
0: <laughs> a place of family values, politics, and church-going constituents. And I'm not trying to badmouth anybody. I'm just saying that there is not a lot of diversity when it comes to... Us pagan weirdos. Yeah, and
1: look, if we bring up Christianity, we're not trying to couple you in with anybody like that. It's the ones that are. A lot of us
0: grew up Christian. Yeah, you like know. I
1: grew up Southern Baptist, but it, it's it's the, the ones that we're talking about, and we're, we're we shouldn't give a negative connotation, but still, the ones that are in your face about it, they are constantly right. Everyone else is wrong. We're going to shun people for it.
0: And I think a lot of us, at least at some point in our lives, who end up pagan, have the bad experiences yep. of you know people telling us you're wrong and you're going to hell, and it's like, well, thanks for that.
1: Yeah, we appreciate it. Judge not, lest ye be judged, bro.
0: <laughs> so you know how does a pagan shop even survive in a place like this? Well, clearly...
1: That's a good question.
0: It it has a clientele, so there are a few of us around. Yeah. So, I was wondering about this, and it's not that she's spooky, but she's definitely alternative. And I guess for some people, maybe that's spooky. And she's very sweet. She is very sweet. So, we decided to ask her... And she said flat out she doesn't really need a whole lot of advertisement. She doesn't really like to put herself out there too much and she only gave us this interview because we've been friends for a long time. Yeah. By which I've been going to her store for a long time. So I want to make sure I do her right Mm -hmm. and not do anything that she's not happy with. And
1: as a note, can we bring up Our friend showing up, and Belladonna's wasn't even open that day, and yet she let uh, our friend's daughter come in and just shop because it was her birthday. A very shy daughter who didn't
0: really like crowds. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And it was just, it's one of the most amazing things to see, because she was just so open about this, about, you know, yeah, we're closed, but of course we're going to let her come in and shop because she is so shy and stuff. So Well and
0: they had made prior arrangements. It's yeah. not like they just showed up. No, but no, no. it was a night I did like that as a yeah, good gesture. It
1: was it was it was amazing to see.
0: I was curious, like how did do, how does she get by and, and how does her store do and does she think she's successful? So what you're gonna hear now, we're gonna introduce her and ask her what turned out to be a whole lot of questions. Mm-hmm. And I hope you enjoy. Thank you for joining us. We're so excited to have you here. Thank you for having me. Mm-hmm. And he's very good at editing, so any kinda Verbal stumbles, we just take right out. Right on. So what
2: is your particular spiritual path, if I may ask? What do you consider yourself? So by definition, I would call myself a spiritualist. I did a lot of time studying Joseph Campbell when I was in my teens and 20s. I think a lot of us go through that phase. <laughs> he was probably the first person I came across that described himself as a spiritualist. And I liked the idea of being able to compare and combine different religious paths, um, mythology, folklore, customs, and traditions, and kind of turn that into a way of living.
0: I used to just try to describe it to my Christian mother of, it's sort of like religion paint by number. It's like, you know, I just like borrow the parts that I like. She was always concerned that's not good enough. I'm like, well, it works for me. That's right. (laughs) So how has that changed over time? Do you feel like you're still in that same path or is it ever changing?
2: Um, I mean, I would say that spirituality is a thing that is always changing because it is alive and well, hopefully, in the hearts of people who are keeping it. Right. Um, Whenever I read a new piece of information or come across a new culture or a new god or goddess, if I really feel drawn to that, then I will just incorporate it into whatever I'm already practicing. Um, I'm very eclectic by nature. I always have been. (laughs) There is a Christian section in the shop, just like there is for every other pantheon. I feel like that's important. I was raised in church, and I don't have an issue with God. He's part of my wheel well, like everything else. So I feel like it is always evolving. Hopefully, if we're doing it right, we're always learning, and it's always evolving.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Here, I completely agree with that.
2: Now, when I was back, probably high
0: school, I know I would find myself in five points, and there I remember there was like Superior Feed, and then there was Joyful Alternative, mm-hmm. and I went there a lot, and it was super cool, and it was the only place I'd found like that. And then when I was reading your uh, description, you mentioned that that was sort of a big part of your life. So, can you tell us about some of your Joyful Alternative time? Like, what was that like?
2: So I started working in retail when I was 18 years old. i like a lot of us. I went to college for retail, um, interior design and fashion. Neat. Um, and I was working in a lot of corporate modalities for quite some time which can be fulfilling in its own way, and I'm grateful for that time. I feel like I learned a lot from the corporate world about how to structure things because I don't have employees. I never have. I've been open for 17 years and pretty much do all of it by myself. (laughs) I'm lucky to have people who come in and volunteer on occasion if I have a big order, you know, that kind of thing, but I've never had employees, and I feel like my time in the corporate world is what helped me to kind of be able to do that on my own. Um, But... The corporate world is very oppressive and often not very rewarding, Um, and so at a certain point, I had an opportunity to go and work for Barbara Howell, who owns Joyful Alternative, and I was 22 at the time. My mother had just passed, Um, and so it was a huge leap for me, not only because my mother was no longer with me, but because I went from working in a corporate setting to working in a small mom-and-pop environment. She and eight friends had opened Joyful Alternative in 1969. Oh, wow. Um, Wow. They've been around for a really long time. I had not realized how far back that went. mm -hmm. Yep, and... It basically changed my entire world. Um, I was exposed to a lot of arts and crafts, people, artisans who hand make things, clothes from around the world, you know, and she was a wonderful, wonderful mentor. So, like less bulk orders and more individual consignment, maybe? Absolutely. Um, ironically enough, when I started wanting to carry esoteric and occult type items, she actually said to me, I'm gonna let you do this, but if these things don't sell, I expect that you'll purchase them yourself oh and she meant it too oh, because wow. that was the type of lady that she was um she was a very shrewd businesswoman um, and I said no problem I'm not scared <laughs> okay. I, I think that this will be a thing and and it was I mean that was when she started carrying things more in that line because I was pretty much her buyer I mean I was her manager but I also was the buyer for the shop um, and I worked there for about five years she closed in 2003 and I opened in 2006 now do you consider
0: this sort of the spiritual descendant of joyful alternative or is it its own thing
2: absolutely you know she when she originally hired me she hired me to take over the shop should she decide to retire Um, that was kind of where she was headed and then unfortunately both of her parents passed within about a year of each other that just kind of changed her life she wasn't married she didn't have kids and kind of joyful was her child um, and so it changed her path, which wound up changing my path. Um, <laughs> As you know, these things do. That's right, because, you know, I wanted to do my own thing. I wanted to be free to do my own thing. She was very eclectic, but she was much more blues, you know, potteries. Like, she carried a lot of stuff that while I love all of those things that's not necessarily the feel of my shop I I really am more for a practitioner and she didn't really have the room to be able to carry a lot of that stuff so I just kind of evolved away from it I was always grateful I'm always grateful to her will always be and so I do sometimes have a lot of people who walk in the door and they'll be like this place reminds me of the Joyful Alternative. <laughs> and You're I like, say, oh, well, perhaps it should. <laughs> that makes sense because I was her manager for five years. And in fact, my best friend, we recently discovered that before we were best friends, she used to shop at Joyful. She's like, I remember you. You know, you had piercings <laughs> and long hair and all of that good stuff. I'm like, yeah, I sure did.
1: so if you don't mind my asking how much support from like family and friends did you get like when you first started or like has that changed
2: well the biggest support that i got when i first opened my shop is that my husband believed in me so much that he paid an entire year's worth of rent for me at the location that we moved into um, so that I could just focus on selling and merchandising and being in the energy of what I wanted to do Rather than being stressed about making bills and all of that kind of thing, even though I still was <laughs> yeah, of it, it, The rent may be paid, but that doesn't mean you can keep the merchandise flowing and all of that oh, right, stuff right, exactly.
0: um, But it does give you kind of a, a big cushion.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Now, it was is it this
0: location or
2: the first location? So Baby Bella's was 535 square feet we were located underneath Pendleton Street.
0: I remember that one. uh, Cornell Arms. Yeah.
2: Mm -hmm. And we were right across from the federal building.
0: Yep. I remember that one. It was really cute and I loved it, but (laughs) it was very compact compared to today.
2: Very, very tiny. We were there for five years and because I had such wonderful customers that fought for parking and walks and all kinds of things for me, I'm so grateful for my customers. Um, We were able to move into our second location in 2011, which was St. Andrew's Road, and we were there for 11 years. And then we moved here in April, the end of April, Crone (laughs) Bellas.
0: I like how the baby versus Crone. And Mm -hmm. honestly, it looks like, I know you haven't, but it looks like you've been here forever. Like just (laughs) all the You always make the space just feel like it It has always been yours, occupied by your energy and and all your decor, of which there is a huge amount. Well, thank you,
2: sister. I mean, that's an important part for me of the locations that I nest in have to feel like I belong there. It always makes me wonder, like, do you ever go home? It looks like you live here. (laughs) (laughs) I do sometimes feel like I live here. Part of me lives here all the time. Yeah. It's a thing. Now
1: if, if I may and I hope this isn't intrusive. Have you ever met with any kind of resistance from like passers by or neighbors of the business? Like being a pagan in the South, sometimes we meet resistance.
2: So, I will tell you, friend, and I don't know if this is just because I feel like my mother was a true Christian, you know. Understood. I feel like I have never met a stranger. I always try to be kind to everybody I ever meet. Absolutely. Everyone in the world may not like me, but at least we can respect one another. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of that has to do with the way people respond mm-hmm. when someone comes at them in a particular way. And when I was younger, I was kind of combative in that way. As as Um, we all were. I think so. I mean, I I was a little angry. I wanted to be understood rather than misunderstood and, you know, all of those things. But as I have gotten older, the few people, and it really is just a few people who have ever come in here and immediately started with proselytizing and or I'm going to save or pray for your soul, you know, those kinds of things. My response to them is, thank you. Mm -hmm. I'll take your prayers. You know, everybody in the world needs prayer, right? Whether that is lighting a candle or making a spell or making a wish Mm -hmm. or saying a psalm. You know, we all can use that good energy, especially from people we don't know. So when it comes to that kind of thing, I always try to be in the space of understanding that they're not trying to be ugly toward me. They're trying to live their dogma. And I'm somebody who is also trying to live my spiritual path as well. And it doesn't benefit me to be angry or, you know, ugly when someone comes at me that way. Indeed. That's a
0: very good reaction.
2: I was always curious
0: about that because, you know, over the years, I too have gone through the phases of sort of combative or argumentative. And then after a while, you just kind of are like, well, no, let's rethink this.
2: Well, you know, sister, I think that's because we relax more into who we really are. Absolutely. And when you feel more comfortable in who you are, you stop feeling the need to constantly defend yourself to other people. Absolutely. I mean, after all, everybody is always going to have their opinion of you, no matter what you say or do. <laughs> this is true.
1: Thank you. Exactly. Yeah, it's it thing. doesn't matter how nice you are. It doesn't matter what you do. Someone's going to have an opinion on you. It's true. And you can't really help that change too it. much. You can't change it. So you might as well just move on.
0: That's right. So I've been curious because I know you have this policy of no pictures, no video, and... Personally, for my own personal reasons, this place is amazing, and I would film every inch of it, but <laughs> it is an experience, and you must see it. There's oh, stuff everywhere. Absolutely. And gloriously organized. It's lovely, but there are wind chimes hanging down. There's all the wall spaces covered. It's glorious.
1: And I have to say, I Thank much you. enjoyed being just greeted by Anubis as soon as I walked oh. in. That is amazing.
2: Anubis is definitely the protector of the shop.
1: I And, you know, he stands, what, at least six foot
2: tall? Well, I mean, more. yeah, that piece is... Probably more like nine feet with his oh, staff. Oh, it,
1: it is amazing! Mm-hmm. Like as soon as Thank you walk in, you just look a little to the right, and Anubis is like, "Hello."
2: Yes, it's, I mean it's, it's everything
0: from very small, minute things to just enormous statues. A lot of this, and to us, this is a compliment. There are some like Disney Imagineering level
1: bits of uh, decor. Absolutely, <laughs> yes. yeah. That is that is our aesthetic. Is the I'd say a Gothic plus Disney Imagineering. That's lovely. It, it, yeah. Like that.
0: So, how do you decide when you see something amazing? like is it going to be merchandise is it going to be you know something that lives in the store um are some things variable or um how do you decide what's decor versus what's merchandise
2: well anubis is here because my husband found him at an antique mall oh wow um my love of all things metaphysical began with egypt um, I can remember does that's, that's amazing. Um, I can remember when I was like four years old talking about the gods and goddesses of Egypt and my parents were very rooted out by it because my, my household was very Christian mm-hmm. and that's definitely not something they brought in to me. It's something I feel like I brought forward. Ironically enough the Anubis statue is probably one of the funniest pieces in here because when people come in with their children, their children have one of two responses to him. They either start screaming um, like in fear or um, like I had a lady one day, her daughter was like, I want to hug him. I know him. I know him. She kept saying, I know him. And the mother was like, I don't even know what that is. That is not something that I ever taught my kids. I don't know what that is. And I said, well, he is the guardian of the underworld. You know, he does bring the souls in and out and to where they're supposed to be. And I think it's really funny that children, I feel like they can still remember. Oh, absolutely. You know, I feel like the response that he gets from kids is so diverse and it's so sudden that it just fascinates me. So it's one of my favorite things in the shop. And in terms of whether or not something is going to be decor or merchandise, I actively seek out my merchants, and my vendors. You know, there are prerequisites for whether or not I'm going to sell something in the shop. Mm -hmm. It has to be fairly harvested. It has to be sustainable. It has to be fair trade. It has to be that people are getting paid a living wage in order for me to be willing to sell it in the shop. Indeed. When it comes to the things that wind up being part of the shop, living on the altar and that kind of thing, those things are reflections of my spiritual path. And I feel like they find me. You know, a lot of them... Almost everything that lives in here rather than being for sale in here is something that found me either through a customer or through an estate sale or through an antique journey because I love antiques. Oh, yeah. um, And I feel like those things find me. Um, In some situations, I'll go into an antique store and they'll have, like, for instance, there was a Hanuman, which is the Hindu monkey god. And it said oriental statue
0: and <laughs> oh, I was wow. like,
2: oh my god I have to rescue you from these people <laughs> oh, wow. yeah. so sometimes that's how things wind up living in here rather than being sold does that make sense yeah. absolutely
1: definitely
2: so we're going to come to the question that I mentioned
0: earlier it's like well how do you qualify or quantify success and because you know, most people and I'm sure you've worked in the corporate world it's you know all about what's on the books but how do
2: you define success, and do you think you're successful? So for me, that is something that has evolved from the beginning of my journey to where I am now. Because in the beginning, I often had a difficult time taking money from people that I felt like were in true need of spiritual help. My high priestess, actually, I had a conversation with her about it, and she expressed to me, That a lot of people take a vow of poverty at some point in their life. They feel like in order to be spiritual, they can't get paid for it. So it is a thing that I had to make peace with Hmm. um, over the years. And I did have to do some, some soul searching and some soul work on that. And I did. I do consider the shop successful. I do consider myself successful. But it's not really necessarily money. It has more to do with... I have had customers that have been with me since the day I opened... I have watched them grow up I have watched them have children you know some of them in some (laughs) cases their children are starting to have children you know people who have come into the shop one time have gone on to like Boston or New York and I'll have someone come and visit and say so-and-so told me to come and see you and I'm like my god they haven't been in my shop in like a decade yet they're still telling people and to me In this life, we're supposed to touch as many people as we possibly can in the best way possible. And for me, I measure my success in the fact that people continue to come back because they find worth in what the shop is and what she has to offer. But financially, the money has to also be there in order to keep the lights on and the shop open. Mm -hmm. And you know, it is a part of it. So Mm -hmm. as much as I would like to say, the success is only spiritual, it has to be monetary as well. It, yeah, it, there's definitely that side yeah, of it it, you know. it. it
1: has to be, which is... I mean, it's sad to say it does have... It has to be. Because in this day and age, you can't exist without it. It's true. It At really, least in this really country, true. that's for sure. But well said. Well said. Thank I, I, you. Yeah.
0: I'm going to kind of shift around a little bit. Is there something that... You wish you knew when you were much younger, like 18 year old Joyful Alternative Jen. And is there something like advice you
2: would give her now? So, my time in the corporate world was such that women working in corporate situations often do not ask for what they are really worth getting paid. Men are so much better at saying, I want this amount an hour, I want this much vacation, I want this or that. Whereas when I started in retail at 18 years old, I was very timid. I wanted an authority figure in my bosses which kind of translated into the whole, you're like my father and I'm a little bit afraid of you, I want to impress you, (laughs) you know. I was more in that energy than I was feeling like I knew my worth. But I did, when I left corporate retail, it was because I had an experience where I asked for a raise and was essentially told I could not get it because they would have to give the rest of the managers who were on the same level with me a raise as well in order to keep those things fair. And eventually I did wind up leaving and my manager at the time said to me, I am so impressed that you finally are in a space where you're not willing to take less than you're worth I'm just surprised it took you as long as it did. And, of course, I wanted to say to him, then why won't you pay me more and let me stay? You know, it was kind of one of those difficult lessons where you realize that they're really, really focused on the bottom line Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm. and
2: that you're replaceable. You know, I would just tell myself to know my worth earlier and not allow distractions to keep me from it. On Speaking that of someone on who, that note, <laughs> Valkyrie says, you about, "Yes." Can we ask you about Valkyrie?
0: Yes, I feel like any witchy shop is not a real witchy <laughs> shop if there's not a shop cat. And you are
1: hearing Valkyrie right now, Hi, who Valkyrie. is
0: a gray Garfield. I remember you yeah. being very young and skinny yes but so tell us about Valkyrie you're one employee right, <laughs>
2: right. <laughs> uh, she definitely runs the show <laughs> or she um, your boss <laughs> <laughs> <Yep>. so Valkyrie <laughs> has been inside with me now for about four years Um I fed her outside at the shop on St. Andrews. I took care of all of the ferals out there. And most of them were really just like, hey, lady, drop the food. Um, You know, they weren't really interested in being petted or loved on. But eventually over time, she got to where she said hello to all my customers when they were walking up the sidewalk. And um, when we closed for Yule um, for our winter break, I was really worried that someone would hurt her if I wasn't there. Um, because, unfortunately, not everyone is kind. Yeah, That's indeed. Um, and so I decided to let her come inside while we were on break. And when we came back from break, discovered she was pregnant. Oh, no. Those was years. That's <laughs> right. Um, so she gave birth at Mother Bella's. She had six kittens. And my customers adopted them. Um, awesome. Adopted them out. Amazing. Um, so I, you can keep up with, like, all of the descendants. I do. I absolutely do. And I got her fixed. And she's been inside since then. Um, but we actually have ten cats, and oh eight of them came from Belladonna's, Mother Bellas. <laughs> wow. um, so, yep, it's a thing.
1: That's awesome.
2: But she's the only shop one. The others are house cats. Correct. At home? Okay. Mm-hmm. I, she does not pleased. play well with
0: others. Oh, she just wants to be
2: a single she cat. She wants to be a single cat loved on by all. Understood.
1: I definitely it's have one thing. of those. Well, I have, to, I have to say, walking into the shop... After noticing Anubis, she
2: was the first thing I noticed. (laughs) She's lovely. I'm so grateful for her, too.
1: Oh, yeah, and she greeted me with a meow. She does. (laughs) She's good for that.
2: She is a great customer
0: service representative. Yes. So as the shop itself, other than, you know, obvious the opportunity to have fur therapy and pet a cat, (laughs) what sort of services do you offer?
2: So we have a hair salon and a barber. It is a husband and wife. It is called The Purple Chair, uh, Barber and an Beauty. It kind of a tie-in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, sisters, self-care, right? Oh, absolutely. Self-care absolutely. for men, for women, for people who find themselves in between. You know, we try to create a safe and sacred space for everybody. It's part of loving on yourself to get your hair done. Laura is somebody who does the Unicorn Club, which is the very bright... Like pinks and purples. She does a lot of dyeing of hair. Um, And Ashley, her husband, is um, a wonderful barber. Does a lot of beards and mustaches and that kind of thing. Um, So we have kind of a wild clientele. It's not the norm. (laughs) (laughs) We also have um, a tarot reader um, here by appointment on Wednesdays and also on Fridays. We teach classes and workshops on Saturdays and Sundays. That's the reason the shop is closed on Saturdays and Sundays. Um, We have a series of goddess classes. We have a series of tarot classes. We've got a lot of classes for beginners, learning how to use herbs and stones and crystals. We have one coming up at the end of the year on the Lenorman style of tarot reading, and we're going to be talking about the Romany and we will have belly dancers that day. That's fantastic! Awesome. Um, <laughs> which I probably know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know have them I'm sure you do. I'm um, because it's Maria's. Oh people. yeah, I know yeah. all of them. Allegria. <laughs> um, yes. So fantastic. Laura, who owns the purple chair, dances with oh, Maria. Okay. Yeah.
0: I think I may have stepped out before she came in, but I might know her. I don't mm-hmm. know. So this is just kind of a fully rounded place of spiritual mission, basically. Mission is a good word. Mission, helping people on their journey. It's, I mean, because it's more than just a store. It has the shops and it has the terror. I, I just love all how well-rounded it is. And, Thank you. And,
1: and as soon as you walk in, you just feel home. Good. It's, like, it's, it's the way I feel. As soon as I walk in, it's not oppressive. It's not just in your face it's just okay. it feels safe it feels welcoming it okay. feels home
0: right and i do love just the wild breadth of pantheons that you mm-hmm. you mentioned that you just you sort of pick and choose from all of them i and love them you have a I lot of them all otherwise I, I hate to use obscure but there are some that are not well known well
1: i'm a dressy and people look at me like i'm stupid
0: <laughs> and yet she had not one but four figures for which me to is, choose from which when is amazing
1: we yeah, first started dating
2: <laughs> Well, I, I love on diversity. Altar. I feel like if people really took the time to study, they would understand that culture does not just happen in little pods throughout the world. It happens simultaneously. And as one person is exposed to it, if they love it, then they draw it into their own spirituality. And, you know, this is why I don't correct people. This is why I wish other people would not, you know spellings and dialects and also the energies of different gods and goddesses have evolved for eons so the way someone says something or the offerings they give someone i don't feel the need to say well that's not really historically accurate because honestly we're not living history we're living spirituality we hope right so I don't I don't feel the need for that. And when you say you had like four different statues, mm-hmm. that's because there's so many different ways oh, yeah, yeah, that yeah. people can talk to them or connect with them. I want people to be able to actually connect. I don't want you to feel like this is the only statue of justice I can ever purchase.
1: Absolutely. You know,
2: or victory, yes. Nike, whoever it is, you know. I want people to know that there are options mm-hmm. because there are lots of options. You asked me earlier when the concept of Belladonna's came and kind of if that was something i had been planning on doing for a while and the answer is when i was a teenager and in my 20s the first couple of esoteric shops that i went into i felt extremely uncomfortable i felt like they felt like why are you here you know you're just a kid you're not serious because like i said i was a teenager 20 something Mm -hmm. (laughs) i mean i actually had someone who expressed to me you're not supposed to be in here and I kind of wanted to know why. Why are you saying that to me? Is it because I'm female? I mean, honestly, at a certain point, I wondered if it was because I was white. You know, I wondered if it had something to do with my age. You know, this is where we get into how people judge you Mm -hmm. by the way you look. Mm -hmm, Whether or not they know what you're into or not, which is a horrifying thing. Oh, right. Uh, (laughs) And societally, I think everyone does it or Mm -hmm. at some point in their life until they outgrow it. And part of the reason that I, I'm i so glad that you say the shop feels welcoming to you because when I opened my shop, I wanted it to be a place where people could come and feel like they were at home and that they could ask questions without feeling like I felt when I was 20 years old and wanted to know something. And instead of being greeted with knowledge and a kindness for, I'm so glad you're interested in this, I was greeted with a "Well, you're stupid if you don't already know." Yeah. So, yes. I didn't,
0: unfortunately, in some of the pagan realm, there is sometimes this sort of elitist arrogance that is not helpful.
2: Right. Exactly. <laughs> well, I want to get rid of that.
0: I am fully <laughs> on board with that.
2: Absolutely.
0: And again, I think we all had you know, a bit of a yeah an experience of that. Um, do you have any goals for the future, or do you just tend to see where the journey takes you? Like, how much planning do you put into it, I guess, is one aspect of the question.
2: You know, sister, I have definitely learned that the universe will always be behind me no matter what move I make. Um, That's a very
0: comforting philosophy.
2: Absolutely. It is. It is always there. Even if it doesn't look like I want it to. Yeah, we all go through things we don't like. (laughs) Yeah. She always has my back. And even when things go wrong, they go as well being wrong as they could if they weren't, <laughs> Do you I kind of followed that, yeah. Yes, yes, that's sense, mean, that's, yeah, that makes sense. The thing is, life is not perfect. We make mistakes. We grow and we learn from them, hopefully. You know, I don't want people to think that, a lot of people think that when someone owns their own business that their life is perfect and that they're free and they get to do what they want and that is not the reality no. um, I am often here seven days a week for months at a time Ugh. you know pricing moving ordering rearranging loving you know talking to my statues talking to my stones etc it's a full-time job it's like having a child in fact. We believe we didn't wind up with children because Bella's is my child. You know, it's a full-time job and I'm fully committed to it. As far as goals go, I'm trying to be in the now. COVID is actually a thing that taught me to be more present and more involved in myself and my family than I was prior to that. Because prior to that, I was in the workaholic mode. I mean, I was working, 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 working. Um, And then when COVID came and all of my wonderful customers, you know, my customers supported me so much during COVID, it was overwhelming. Because they were like, we don't want to make sure that you don't go out of business. We want to make sure that you make it through the pandemic. And I mean, they were so concerned and so loving and so good and so generous to me. This can be overwhelming. It's, you know, I'm so blessed. And what a great takeaway.
1: To like, you know, the, the world's going through a pandemic, but what, I mean, it's a great takeaway to be like, okay, so this is now the focus. It should be, that's you know, right like, I mean, it, it's, 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 all amazing. we have is now. Yeah. It's that's a thing. Funny. I mean, most people were worried about going, you know, going outside, redoing life now, because unfortunately that's what we have to do. But I mean, I'm, I'm glad that somebody saw it like that.
2: Yes. I really am. It taught me to dig deep. I mean, I think it taught a lot of people to dig deep and re-examine what was important. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually had on my sign when I redid my hours, because COVID is when I changed my hours. I went from Tuesday through Saturday, 10 to 6, to Tuesday through Friday, 10 to 5.30. It, It allowed me the freedom to do the classes on the weekends which I always wanted to do it it allowed me the freedom to have more time with my husband for time off than I've ever had in my life since I was 18 and started (laughs) working in retail Um, you know it it taught me that the universe would always take care of it even if it didn't look the way I thought it was going to look which I think we all went through that you know what's happening in life right now this is crazy but on my sign there was a picture that went around social media for a while of a moth that said not back to normal forward to better and that is my takeaway from COVID I mean it really became my mantra of we're all in a space where we're supposed to be creating our sacred spiritual life we get to decide what that looks like nobody else you know so that's what COVID taught me and I'm grateful for it and my customers as well because if they hadn't chosen to be so generous. And so kind and take care of me, you know, so that I could take care of them. I wouldn't be here. That is glorious. Absolutely. Yeah. So, lastly, is there anything that you would want people
0: to know that we haven't touched on
2: hmm. that you can
0: think of? That's sort of a broad question. <laughs> that is
1: a broad question. And if there isn't, that's fine. <laughs> you can think of it later. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's we, fine. We have, I know. we have covered quite a lot. So, if there, yes. I mean, if there's not, I mean.
2: I think that the thing that I wish that people would do more often when they come in here is feel more like they can ask me anything. Understood. You know, I think a lot of times people are too afraid to speak up or share their opinion or ask really, really difficult questions. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I understand that. You can't just walk into a place the first time you go and be like, Here's my life, except I will tell you that happens a lot. I was going <laughs> to say you probably
0: end up having the the sort of bartender experience. Like, I you're so you are so willing to listen, I you, absolutely.
2: You're the, the
1: spiritual equivalent of a bartender. Yes. <laughs>
2: at, at, times. at times, it does feel that way. But yes, I'm not offendable. You know, obviously, as a human, we always want everyone to love us. But, you know, in the 17 years that I have been open, I have encountered a few people, places, and or things that have been a little bit difficult for me, um, whether that was reviews or personalities that did not mesh well together. But it's just a reminder for me that my mother is always here with me, Mm -hmm. expressing to me that I cannot be all things to all people. That's true. I have to be true to myself. And that's what I strive to do in my business and my spiritual practice.
0: Yeah, I would say that this shop... As amazing as it is. It may not be for everyone, but for everyone who wants to be part of it, it is absolutely a glorious place. And they
2: are more than welcome. And I thank you for that. Mm -hmm. I have always loved it here. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you,
0: y'all. Well, I think that about does it for this one. It does. Thank you so much for joining us and having this great conversation. We really appreciate your time and hope all goes well for you and Belladonna's. Yeah. Fair listeners, if you're in the Columbia area, West Columbia area. And care to visit, I am sure Dren would love the traffic. Check out her Facebook page and website and give her some likes and follow her. And
1: mm-hmm. as your favorite YouTube person says, do the thing. Do the thing.
0: We also, will... also,
1: sorry to interrupt. Ah. If you're in town, tell us. We'd love to meet some people, stuff like that, when we have time. Absolutely. I enjoy meeting the fans because they're all so vocal about, you know, you should cover this, you should do that. I love that story.
0: Well, we will post her links and descriptions. And also, as a side note, while we were there doing the interview, one of her helpers who comes in periodically... Um, we may be interviewing because she is a historian who does all kinds of gravesite history. Oh, yes, and yes. She's fascinating. We're not going to oh, give her I'm, name yet. Yeah. But we're hoping that she will add some material for us. Mm-hmm. Oh, also, as a note referenced in the interview is Barbara Howell of The Joyful Alternative. Yeah. Just this past week, I saw Jen posted that she has just passed away. So blessings on her journey and happy continuation. Mm. And sorry for Jen's loss. Um, Hopefully things will continue on for her. But as always, thanks for joining us here again at Southern Fried Spooky. We hope you enjoyed your visit to Belladonna's. I did. And we'll come back again. Please consider liking us, following us, and leaving us some stars. Mm -hmm. And we can't wait to see you real soon. Bye, Bye, y'all.
1: Okay, so the Cthulhu statue she had
0: with him wearing a cloak. Uh-huh. I want it. Well, the problem is my son has heard about it and wants to see have a, it too. What
1: about the like giant Anubis? Can we get Oh that? my
0: gosh. Well, I think we did cover talking
1: about him. Yeah, I still want to get it.
0: I'm just glad you didn't walk out with Valkyrie.
1: I could have. I really could have. <laughs>